Today we're chatting to Christian, who is a senior project engineer in the Australian Army. We chatted about his entry into defence. I enrolled in civil engineering. And it's interesting to hear how the Defence Force balances a full-time degree commitment with that traditional defence training. The training is prioritised for your university studies and so the defence will make sure that you're set up for success when you're studying your university degree. Ultimately, his role, they're building communities. My team would go into the community and we'll talk with the locals and be like, this is what the project is, this is what we deliver, what is it that you would like to see? We work with the client who funds it and the community to identify what's actually needed. In his job, he's travelled extremely widely. Internationally, I have been to Fiji, America, Malaysia, UK and Vanuatu. And through this interview, you'll hear why he loves his job. What I love about my job is that it's always different. Every day that you come into the office, you could be dealing with a different problem. And that's not to say that there aren't problems that could be easily solvable, but it's just something different all the time and it just creates that diversity in my role. The job itself doesn't get stale. This conversation is one of eight in our series Profiling Different Careers in Defence. In this series, we're talking to real people about their day job and the realities of that position. All right, so let's get started by talking about your job role. So what is your title and what do you do? In Army Talk, my position is officer in command. So I have a number of soldiers and officers within my team that I delegate my command over. I've also got the position of senior project engineer. So I would lead a small team of engineers and work supervisors in delivering infrastructure works both domestically and internationally. So when you say infrastructure works... I would have never imagined that the Australian Army would be responsible for any infrastructure or any kind of construction at all. What kind of projects are you talking about? The unit I'm at at the moment, we're the sole project management agency for Army up until just very recently. However, we, for the last 20 years, have been overseeing a domestic program of works called the ACAP or the Army Aboriginal Community Assistance Program. So every year we will go out and deliver not only infrastructure to these communities, but there will be health and training effects as well. More recently, we've been part of the national government's Pacific Step Up. So delivering infrastructure works to countries such as Fiji, Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu and Solomon Islands. Wow. And so... Why would Australia give that kind of support to the surrounding nations or the surrounding island nations to Australia? It's all about our friendship in the Southwest Pacific and having partner nations and supporting their independence and sovereignty through delivering key defence infrastructure works for that sovereignty of that nation. When you say key defence infrastructure works, are you building hospitals and schools and and those kind of commercial projects or is it only military-based infrastructure? What we've been responsible for so far is delivering military infrastructure. In Fiji, we've delivered a camp out at Nandi called Black Rock Camp Redevelopment. And so that's going to be used as a regional hub for response to humanitarian assistance or disaster relief actions from Fiji, but also other nations as well. And we're also delivering a Fijian maritime headquarter building in Suva, where they'll house a lot of their maritime capabilities in a single facility. So the first project that you mentioned, which was relevant to natural disasters, who's in charge of kind of designing and doing the architecture, the engineering plans, 
or the project management, is that something that the Australian Army manages? That's what we manage at our unit. So we'll get our client who funds the projects and with a kind of intent of what they'd like to achieve. But our role is to engage our designers, other consultants and the builder to really develop this idea from scratch, bring it along a journey to design it, brief the host nation representatives on those ideas, and then we engage the builders to deliver it and we oversee that building. So we start the project from inception and deliver it all the way up to completion. Wow. And so that's amazing. And in, so it's almost like you're a, any kind of commercial builder that we would imagine working in Australia who might build a stadium or might build a hospital. It's exactly the same concept. However, you're just building something for a country so your client in that instance was what the Fiji government technically or yeah that's right so we project manage infrastructure works and whether that's you know like something small like a bridge in regional Australia or whether it's a full military base in Fiji the principles are the same in what we do the client for these projects is the Commonwealth of Australia so they're funding everything however the end user so the host nation who will be utilizing the facilities is what we hand it over to at the end It must be a really kind of rewarding project to deliver because you know that so many people will benefit from from that project. Oh, it's fantastic seeing the host nation utilise these facilities and be very thankful and grateful for having the opportunity to have these delivered to them is very rewarding. So if we talk about that project again, the Humanitarian Assistance Disaster Relief Project that you did in Fiji, what was there before? So what was... What was the benchmark when you walked in? It was a pre-existing base that the Republic of Fiji military forces used. The number of facilities on that base was just very minimal. They had a number of accommodation buildings, a messing facility, just to conduct small-scale training of their soldiers. What we did was we delivered a number of warehouse and queue store facilities, a brand-new headquarter building, a medical facility, and a guard box for entry, exit, precinct, a new gym facility and living in accommodation. So we really took what was already existing there and we just built upon it to provide a increased capability. So a huge project. How long were you over there? Or were you over there? I've visited over there personally. We've had teams embedded on site doing a rotation since the commencement of delivery, which was back in 2019. So this particular project started its design in end of 2018, start of 2019, with construction commencing in 2019. And we achieved completion back in March of this year. And that whole time we've had personnel on site overseeing the project. Not a bad place to work. Do you get it to travel a lot with your work? I do. It feels like I'm traveling every other month, you know, whether that's to Fiji or Vanuatu or Canberra, Brisbane or a remote Aboriginal community in Australia. It feels like I've always got somewhere new to go. When you are traveling, is it a mix of meeting different stakeholders, whether it's a consultant or a designer or someone from a community and then other times visiting a job site and seeing the construction is it kind of a blend or it is that's right whether it's catching up with our designers or our builders in australia or meetings catching up with the client or visiting site to see progress and update on works it's varied and it could be anything and everything in between so let's step back a bit i'm interested to hear how you got into this role because i had no idea that this role even existed inside the army did you know about this role when you finished high school 
No, not when I finished high school. It wasn't until I'd completed my degree through the defence and been the project manager, contract administrator unit for Army. So when you finished high school, which course did you pick? I enrolled in civil engineering, so that was really the basis for understanding project management roles. Moving into and going through my army career, I've expanded my knowledge through project management, through tertiary educations and masters outside of civil engineering. Do you have any family members in defence? And I only ask because so many people I've spoken to, if they had a parent who served, they were more likely to consider entering defence when they finished school. Are you in that same boat? I am actually. The inspiration for me joining actually came from my older brother who applied when he was in high school. Unfortunately, didn't get in at the time, but you know, when I was going through my high school journey, that gave me the opportunity to apply for myself and I was lucky enough to get in. And why the army over the other services? A lot more diverse opportunity in my career. I could be doing this project management role today and next year I could be doing something totally different, whether that's in far north Queensland or in Western Australia. The diversification of roles and jobs is just so much more expansive in Army. And you're based in Sydney now, but are you from Sydney originally? No, I'm actually from Melbourne. I've moved from Melbourne to Canberra, to Sydney, to Brisbane, and now back to Sydney. So I've done quite a few moves. There's a few places I haven't seen with Army yet, Townsville and Darwin. And, you know, hopefully I do get to visit those places throughout my career. And when you enrolled in civil engineering, what is the process like when you're studying a degree whilst also doing your military training? How does that work? What kind of hours? The training is prioritised for your university studies. And so the defence will make sure that you're set up for success when you're studying your university degree. But that's not to say that you don't do some military training throughout the week. So every morning you might have an hour or two in military training and then two five-hour periods throughout the week where you conduct military training with your Navy and Air Force brethren. And when you say... What does that training look like? What kind of activities are you doing? Is it learning how to use a weapon or is it fitness? Is it, what's it about? It could be anything that you would expect from the military, I guess, whether that's doing physical training or doing drill out on the drill square. You're also doing customs and traditions education and also a bit of military history. They also do a lot on professional developments, delivering briefs to the remainder of your cohort on various topics. And... What about the fitness level? Were you fit when you went into training or were you the kind of person who – because I've heard from a few other interviews I did, there's a minimum push-ups, there's a minimum beep test. What was that process like for you? Throughout my high school, I always remained fit and very sporty, being in the football club and the basketball club. But definitely moving into the military, they require baseline fitness skills. But that's not to say that if you don't have those skills that you can't do it because the good thing about the military and the initial training is they will build you up and progress you to a good level to succeed. Okay, so when you finish studying, what was your next step? What was your first role? After my formal studies, I went into what you would call core-specific training. So I was allocated Royal Australian Engineer Corps. So I would go away with my fellow engineers and learn all the basics about being an engineer. So that's not necessarily being a construction engineer. It 
focused on predominantly combat engineering. From there, I got posted up to Brisbane where I was a troop commander in a construction squadron. We deployed in Central Australia to deliver one of the ACAP programs in a town called Tichikala. And when you say troop commander, just to step back a bit, can you give me some context? What does that job title mean? What's the responsibilities there? Troop commander, the rank you wear is a lieutenant and you're in command of approximately 30 soldiers. So you have a level of authority over those individuals. So you're essentially responsible for them from day to day. A lot of pressure. Yeah, (laughs) a little bit. So you're in Central Australia and that was your first project? Correct, yeah. And after that, did you then get posted somewhere else or? After that, I then, as a captain, got promoted into a second in command role of a squadron. A squadron commander would be in command of 90 to 100 soldiers and I was supporting them in that role. For two years did that and then I was lucky enough to get a secondment to John Holland Group. So I was essentially a civilian for a year where I would work on the Sydney Airport Road infrastructure projects. So a secondment, what is that for someone who isn't familiar with that term? Essentially, you're still employed by the military. However, they've agreed to release you to a external company to work with them and gain experience in the industry. And does that benefit the Australian Army because then you've got the skills to bring back to your team internally or why what benefit was this a comment for the Australian Army? That's right. The personal benefit or the professional benefit that individuals gain from that secondment is they can obtain skills and experience throughout that year secondment that they may not necessarily obtain within Army. So it's just a different perspective on the professional role that they will play later on in Army. So it's interesting because you have had that civilian experience and then you've had the military experience. What are the key differences between the two kind of working styles or... As you would expect, the military is very hierarchical. There's a chain of command that flows from top down to bottom and we're very disciplined. We're very authoritative in how we conduct our business. With the civilian sector, it can be a bit more fluid, a bit more flexible when you're dealing with individuals. However, seeing the military work in this profession, we hold everyone to account and we expect high standards. And also you don't get personal training through John Holland. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) So that was I was interested is also when I um, first ran into you today, you were saying that every day you do personal training as part of your job. How does that work? Is that just something that continually is part of your day? We have a weekly battle rhythm. And for a block week period, there will be certain meetings throughout that week. And as part of that battle rhythm, we have unit PT or individual PT. Every morning from 7.30, individuals can go away and train for an hour, whether that's going for a run, going for a swim, doing a workout in the gym or doing yoga or stretching. It's up to the individual. We would also hold unit PT sessions where everyone would come together and conduct a session, whether that be body weight circuits or group run. But yeah, that's just a consistent thing throughout the military. Such a perk of the job. I feel as if if I looked at my bank account and saw how much money I'd spent on PT or gym memberships that I never actually saw through, you it's a huge perk. It's great. It's fantastic. And the thing is, you can do as much or as little as you would like outside of those sessions, but it is good. So back to your career. So you finished this economy with John Holland, which is a big construction firm in Sydney. And 
then you were brought back in and what was your first project? And that's right. Then I was brought back into the unit I'm at now, 19 Chief Engineer Works. My role when I came back here was project engineer. I was working on the domestic program, the ACAP, delivering a project to a remote Aboriginal communities. So I was in charge of really leading or being the champion of this project, engaging different government and non-government stakeholders to really develop this project from inception through to delivery. From there, I got six months off to do a deployment overseas in Africa, in South Sudan, as part of the UN mission over there. So what was that mission about? It's a peacekeeping mission in South Sudan, really. I was embedded in the force headquarters in the country's capital of Juba. And so I would just support, I guess, the staff functions within the military headquarters. And what was that experience like? It was amazing. Absolutely fantastic. It really opened my eyes up to the broader military, not only for Australia, but with our international partners. It was approximately 70 or 80 different nations contributing to this mission in South Sudan, working alongside a number of different countries' forces was a great experience. So did all of the different international forces stay on the same base and you were working with them daily or was it all quite separate? The country itself was kind of broken into zones where you would have a headquarters and soldiers in each zone. But the headquarters for the whole mission was based out of two bases in Juba and I was in one of those bases majority of the other countries armed men and women were working alongside me in that base. What an amazing experience. You would never, I mean, never say never, but it's a unique place to go to and spend a year. Yeah, it was amazing. It really was. And how many Australians were over there? We had approximately 16 individuals posted over there. So they will do a rotation every six or seven months. And if I also, I want to ask a little bit more about the Indigenous communities that you're building infrastructure for. What are those projects specifically? What are you building there? It would vary every year. What we do is part of the project inception, we identify what a particular community would need. And one community may need something different to the next community. And so our job is to identify those needs and then develop it. It could be anything from independent housing to a local community centre houses or a training shed or a pollution block at a local football field. And are you personally involved in that kind of idea conception phase where you will go into a community and try and work out what is needed there? That's right. My team would go into the community and we'll talk with the locals and be like, this is what the project is, this is what we deliver, what is it that you would like to see? We work with the client who funds it and the community to identify what's actually needed. And then again, in that instance, is the client the Commonwealth? Correct, yeah. You must love it. I do. It's very rewarding, you know, seeing a community having something that they need to actually being able to deliver that deliver a need to a community, to a group of people, and then being thankful at the end. It is rewarding. And it kind of, a lot of people think of defence and then they think of this wartime scenario, but that's really not what your job is about at all. It's so, it's about building communities up. Yeah. Is being in the army and a career in the army what you thought it would be? Because I, through this podcast series, have realised I had so many misconceptions. Is your experience what you imagined? 
my initial thoughts and expectations were just like yours. You'd think when you sign up, you'd be in a combat role, but it is not like that 100%. And the army is very adaptable with providing assistance to the local community as needed. And we've seen that over the number of years where the responses to bushfires and flooding across Australia, army or the defence has been called out to provide that support. And so the army isn't just combat oriented. We provide and help local communities. And what would, if you had to pick one part of your career that would be the most rewarding or the most, I guess, pinch yourself, I can't believe I contributed that to that, what would it be if you could pick one? It would have been back in 2016 when Tropical Cyclone Winston went through Fiji leaving a trail of devastation across the island of Koro. I was part of the response and the engineer element in the Commonwealth of Australia's government's response to go to that island and provide assistance as necessary. And I was responsible for going around the island, identifying areas or communities that needed assistance and I guess following that up and providing that as required. If you wanted to give advice to a school leaver who isn't sure what they want to do after but they're considering um, joining the Australian Defence Force, what advice do you have for them? Give it a shot. You won't regret it. There are so many different opportunities within not only Army but in Defence and you can always change your career as well. You know, you're not always doing the same thing. It doesn't hurt to just try and see whether you like it or not because it is a very rewarding opportunity and experience. So you knew that you wanted to do engineering and study civil engineering. For someone in high school who doesn't necessarily know where their end goal is, is it enough to just pick a service and join and then you will fall into an area of interest? Is there support internally for that or...? There is support, yeah. I've had a number of my classmates change degrees or change services, you know, switching between Air Force, Army, Army, Navy and vice versa. The Defence Force recognises individual skills and will support that. And so if you think your particular skill set is better suited in a different service or a different degree, can easily be changed and the staff at the Defence Academy support that. Amazing. And did you go to Kapuka or is that pathway not the same if you're studying? I was on a different pathway. I went through the Australian Defence Force Academy. So that's a tri-service academy for the Air Force, Navy, Army to study a undergraduate degree while doing a level of military training at the same time. And you, in the same vein as Kapuka, you're all living together on base? It feels like a normal university. You've got your on-base accommodation, you've got your messing facilities there, you're around your friends 100% of the time, walking to class together. It feels like a normal university, except you're in uniform. Did you know anyone in when you joined? No, not a single person, but going through four years at the Defence Academy, I've now made friends for life. Where do you see yourself in five years? Still leading a small team in delivering infrastructure works internationally is very interesting and very unique. Unfortunately, I know I won't be doing this role forever, but I hope to still be providing some sort of capability to Army and Defence because I do love serving and there's always exciting things to be doing. My career is essentially really to just provide whatever capability I can provide. And your job is so unique. What skills make you good at what you do? Because of course, there's the engineering and the hard skills that you've learned through university, but there's also those soft skills, communication and problem solving. How would you articulate, I guess, your job role? 
I actually see my job not so much from an engineering technical side of things. My job is to talk to people and communicate with them and engage and coordinate. We have to work with designers. We have to work with consultants. We have to work with builders. My job is really bringing that whole team together to be unified, aligned and achieve a single outcome or goal. And it's all about working with individuals. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I think that's a wrap. I really appreciated your time and it's been great learning about what you do. Thanks, Sam.